Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of June 2012. For newcomers, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's lots of audios for free download there where you'll start to understand the big system you're born into and how, how we're managed basically by professionals, old, old sciences, of course, sciences that go back thousands of years and how to manage populations and even empires. So there's nothing new under the sun except they have more technology now and a quicker ability to find out what the public's pretty well thinking on a daily, in fact, an instantaneous basis in real time. So you find out where they're going with it, why they're going this way too, and what the big agenda is, because it's a eugenics agenda, where those at the top decided a long time ago that they got to the top by being the fittest and the best, the brightest, and the better bred. And it's time in a post-industrial, post-consumer society, post-democratic society, to start bringing in the new world order. So that's what it is. It's also called the Age of Transitions. And uh, it's got a few other names as well, but the elite hope to bring in their eventually their, their new city-states around the year 2050 or, or thereabouts, where they'll phase away countries altogether, and uh, the more important people with all their, their technologists and so on that will keep all these cities afloat will rule the world, or at least rule themselves and their own city-states and the world with it, what's left of it. And... Um, in the meantime, their big problem is culling off uh, the general population quietly and humanely, of course. I'll never admit it to you. All the, all the signs and symptoms have always been around you, but they never admit it to you. They can't, because you have to do something about it if they did. And uh, that will never happen. So uh, help yourself to the audience. Say, remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can donate as well if you go into cuttingthroughmatrix.com. Remember, all this, those sites listed on the com site have uh, audios and transcripts as well for print-up. And you can go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. So that's how you can do it. Now, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. And across the world, you're left with Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And straight donations are really, really welcome, believe you me. Now, the age of transitions is part of it. When the big experiment comes to this this juncture where we're at today, where they're joining whole countries together in blocks, an idea floated by Marx initially, and then taken up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs when it came into fruition. And, of course, you find other organizations preceded the name Royal Institute of International Affairs. You had the Milner Group, Cecil Rhodes Foundation, and various other ones that came together to form this big block with the bankers, of course, all working with it. I'm not talking about bankers, the guys you deposit with. I'm talking about the international guys with their private banks who basically float whole nations or sink them, as the case may be. So, 
it's, it's an incredible plan for those who are completely unaware of it. We think you're, you're taught to believe you're floating along and bad things just happen every day and politicians just try and, and, and fix the, the, the problems like a leaky boat. You just stick corks in it. That's the impression you're, you're supposed to get from the mainstream media, which is owned by the bankers. But nothing is further from the truth. Your whole life and the whole last century too, literally we're living through a, a script a script with uh, far-reaching plans where so many different aspects of society had to be completely destroyed or altered that it would be un- unrecognizable looking back on it, how people lived that way, these old-fashioned ideas that they had. That's been accomplished in the last hundred years. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, talking about this big system of change. And of course it's planned change, and I've mentioned so many times, so many, many times over many years, that you simply look back at the Soviet system, look back at the United Nations system and at the present too. You've got 5, 10, 50, uh, 100-year plans, all to do with different aspects of altering society, culture, and the world in general. And that's how the world is run. Even big corporations plan their, their investments that way too, and their takeovers years and years ahead. Of, it's all to do with strategy, you see. And the world's run the same way. Now, most folks, I say, think they're born into a system that's just floating along, uh, and big accidents happen, and politicians... Uh, just jump into action, if you want to call it jumping, and uh, crawl into action maybe, and, um, and and try to solve the problems. But nothing is, is further from the truth, nothing at all. Because you can find in the old books written by the big players, especially those who are associated with any United Nations organizations uh, in a global structure uh, and level, You'll find in their own biographies the whole plan for the world, the plan society. Go back to the Fabian society and, and listen to their speeches and read their speeches and what they planned too. They wanted to bring in this planned, organized society where the better people, the intelligentsia, who'd proven their stuff by getting a lot of cash over centuries, slaughtering other people and marrying other people who also came from families that slaughtered other people and accumulated wealth. In other words, the fittest to survive the better types of psychopaths, and they would organize how everyone else should live. And they even debated, too, what was the purpose of all of the rest of the public. They came to the decision that man was no different than any other herd of animals. And, of course, they're the good shepherds, you're the sheep, and you feed the shepherds. That's your purpose. Literally, all the old ideas of Christendom were were scrutinized and tossed out the window a long, long time ago by those who decided that they preferred Darwin's ideas. And, uh, And it's been that way ever since. And it certainly does make you think, like Nietzsche says, when God is dead, how do you think? How will you view society and yourself if God is dead and all those rules are out the window? Then it's it's mankind's rules then. And man is always out for power, so the powerful will always grab and be the new rulers. That's the world in which we really, really live. And of course, science came to the fore. Darwin helped kick it off. Marx added to it. In fact, Marx wanted to dedicate, I think, his third or fourth edition uh, to Darwin because he thought that Darwinism proved the supposed science 
of communism, etc., and all the ideas that Marx is putting forward. Uh, and again, too, communism was not a rebellion of the workers for anything at all and freedom. It was, it was really just a takeover of a system by another group of people with the pretense of using science to control and, and monopolize society and, and use society for the benefit of all, of course. It's always for the greater good. So I never had honesty, you see, in government. And government's not about honesty, it's about secrecy. So many departments are involved in nefarious things that they don't want you to know about that they will actually uh, put the Official Secrets Act on many of the goings-on at the present time. And they'll lift them maybe in 50 years' time when most of the folk are dead or don't care. And that's how government has been for an awful many, many years, for well over a century. Now, we're going into the authoritarian stage, as I say. We're in the authoritarian stage that, that was predicted by the Club of Rome, who came up with the ideas of post-democracy back in the 70s, 1970s. They said that we'd have to use authoritarian societies and, and authoritarian governments to rule society in a more efficient manner. All this squabbling between different groups, which they knew would happen, because you see that the United Nations makes sure that they've created thousands of conflicting parties that will always squabble uh, to give the impression that you can't do it any other way. You have to go under an authoritarian system who just, you know, overcomes all of that and just gives the orders and we all, all obey or else. And that's what we're in now. Even the article I gave out the other day there to do with Ban Ki-moon uh, saying that we're basically in a, going into austerity and he wants forced labor camps to work for the environment and all this. This was all tried in the communist system. Everybody supposedly would spend so many years as a student working in the fields and all that nonsense, except for the special ones who ruled the country because it wasn't in their job description, you might say. Uh, uh, and something else besides. But anyway, it says here, Canadian th- uh, Canadians are threatened with jobs for criticizing the government. This is happening across the world now. I've got quite a few articles like this. And it says, Parts Canada employees across the country have received letters warning they're not allowed to criticize the agency or the federal government. The directive comes as the agency cuts hundreds of jobs or curtails work hours. It says, I'm aware that during this time of significant transition, again, that transition again, the concept of loyalty can have a very particular meaning. However, as employees of the public sector, our duty is to support the elected government employees, we're told. So it goes on, of course, and on and on and on. But no doubt they'll probably privatize them all down the road anyway, or bring in black water to look after the forest and slaughter anybody who fancies going for a walk, perhaps. Because that's the way the world is going. We're all being privatized. Private corporations are to rule the world. They already do, in a sense. They already do. They put politicians in. It's so funny, all this nonsense about anybody can be president or prime minister. You see the money you got to get to get even started to run for office? And you've got to have the OKs of the Council on Foreign Relations and all their boys. They're the guys who decide. Because all the big corporate members are also members of the CFR. And if they don't want to, to, to even notice you, you won't be noticed. You won't get a mention in any paper at all. So it's all a, a con game. But they've got to use this idea of voting and democracy. Otherwise, you'd have to rebel every four or five years. Uh, and they don't want that, of course. It works awfully, awfully well. Now, China is the model state for the world. According to the United Nations, it said it many, many times. 
uh, and uh, with, it's got many different aspects that the United Nations thinks are just wonderful, a very compliant population. You can work them 12 hours, 14 hours a day, all ages, doesn't matter what age they are. You can lock them, lock them in factories too if you want, and... Um, and they're awfully obedient. They don't rebel at all. That's what they want everywhere across the world. But also that they only have one child per family, unless you're wealthy, because they have a class system in this communist uh, nation, you know. It's communist still, you know. But that class system, they've always had a class system in this so-called communist system. If you're part of the, 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 the Politburo class, the middle classes, etc., then you can pay a certain fee and have a second child. But all the masses of the public can't afford that kind of fee, and they're not given permission in a way. Now it says, Chinese authorities confirmed Thursday that a woman was forced to abort seven months into her pregnancy. That's what they do there. They come and get you from your home. Several days after her plight came to light when images of her baby's corpse were posted online. After the, I've got the, the articles here, I'll put them up too. For those that want to see the photographs, they will. They dumped the, the baby uh, uh, next to her. They killed, of course, and dumped it next to her. That's the medical care in uh, China. Rice groups have blamed authorities in North China's Jiangxi province for forcing Fen Jianmi to abort her pregnancy because she failed to pay a hefty fine for exceeding China's strict one-child population control policy. The Jiangxi provincial government said in a statement that a preliminary probe had confirmed the case was basically true and the investigators have recommended action be taken against the perpetrators. This has always been going on. And it will continue to go to be. They've always been doing this kind of stuff. And so I'll put these articles up. But this is the country that the United Nations wants us all to follow. They like this idea of government agencies and commissars all down to the local level that just bark orders at the public and the peasants, you know, bow down and, and all that grovel. And they will like that stuff. They do, they do. And that's what they want you to do as well. In fact, they're a bit miffed that you don't at the moment. But it'll come. It'll come. That's what they actually want. Now, (laughs) this article here gets me going because it's about Scotland and what they give them in schools for their their lunches. It's called dinner, basically. Two pounds a shot. But anyway, this little girl got ticked off with it and put a blog up and, and photographed the different lunches that came along with kind of score graph and 1 to 10 on what she thought of them. And I'll put this up for you to to decide yourself what you think. And, of course, they came, the school came down like a ton of bricks because she's exposing what they're getting fed at school and what, of course, the wonderful nutritional staff decide is good for you. And it wouldn't keep a mouse alive when you're grown, believe you me. But uh, I'll put this one up tonight too. Plus the craziness in society to do with um, the end product of narcissism. Uh, remember Bertrand Russell and Julian Huxley said that they would create this narcissistic society uh, where people were hedonistic towards the end part. Then they wouldn't be care what else they were doing in the world, the big, big changes. They wouldn't care what was happening as long as they were wrapped in their own little world, doing their own thing to themselves or for themselves and so on. And they were crazy with cosmetics and plastic surgery uh, and, and they, they started to try to stay young forever in the big cities. Uh, and the older women get uh, so much poop out on themselves trying to compete with the young women. And, and it's, it's madness. You can't win that way. It's against nature and you can't beat Believe me, you cannot beat nature. Anyway, a mother of two spent $15,000 on her butt injections, it says here. 
uh, the lifts the lid on the secret world of black market cosmetic procedures. And cause she's, so she's written a book on it because now she's kind of anchored to her chair with a rather heavy weight there uh, to do with because of her addiction. But um, this shows you how farcical it all becomes. And it's all promoted through television, through music television and all the rest of it until it's grotesque. Because people are going insane, folks. They're going crazy all over the place. Look at all the, look at all these, the so-called bath salts. Craziness that's going on. Another woman shot and, and killed her taser to death because she was trying to strangle her own child and then she strangled the dog and then she was attacking neighbors and punching them out and, and then you, and then you too, you know. And this is happening all over the place now. People are going nuts. Absolutely nuts. Because reality is too morbid for them to, and too serious and too scary for them to survive. They prefer going into insanity than being sane, especially at the bottom of the heap, and there's no hope. You'll see an awful, awful lot more of this kind of stuff. And I'll come back with another story of madness after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix, talking about the madness that's breaking out all over, because it's time for it, you see, as people go round the bend. Mind you, they've all been poisoned, shot, eat rotten food that's full of poisons too, and toxins at the bottom level, which is actually from the middle to the bottom level, and um, uh, the fact they've been pumped through, through a, a full of so many inoculations their whole lives, uh, that's their, you're seeing that the product today, and that the doctors certainly do, although they keep their mouths shut. And uh, and so do those involved in specific surgeries. They understand what's happening to the human condition because we're an absolute mess, as it was intended to be. Cancers are absolutely just skyrocketing. They keep going up and up. But there's no crisis because, you see, it's planned that way. If it wasn't, there would be a crisis and because the big boys would have to know what's happening to their animals. After all, they feed on us, you see. And, and at the same time, too, they're going ahead with their with their neuroengineering and uh, this article is about neuroengineering and neuroscience. They want to dominate your minds, remember. And MIT, that have really, they're, they're, they're government funded completely and all, every black budget goes through there too to find ways for creating weaponry or dominating the mind itself. There's an article saying that neuroengineers at MIT have created an implantable fuel cell that generates electricity from the glucose present in your cerebrospinal fluid that flows around your brain and spinal cord. In theory, this fuel cell could eventually drive low-power sensors and computers that decode your brain activity to interface with prosthetic limbs. Well, it's not limbs they're thinking about. They always use that kind of excuse. Believe you me, they never put millions and millions of dollars into helping those who have got problems. Problems and, and, and physical disabilities. The glucose-powered fuel cell is crafted out of silicon and platinum using standard semiconductor fabrication processes. The platinum acts as a catalyst, stri- stripping electrons from glucose molecules, similar to how aerobic animal cells, such as their own, strip electrons from glucose with enzymes and oxygen. So anyway, the, now they've got the fuel uh, cell and they've already got the chip, so it's only a matter of time before they put the two together, if they've not done it already, probably have somewhere. 
and we'll hear how that works out then. Probably start giving it for people who say, oh, I'm depressed. You know, they're on the streets, no job, no hope of the future, and uh, I'm depressed. So they don't give you a job or help you to work or train. No, they just put a chip in your brain and suddenly you're all happy as you starve to death. Uh, that's the intention of the controlled society, and that's what all of that, of course, is really, really for. Now, in Britain, don't ever, don't, it's so mad. I mean, these are all, these are things you would see at one time in Monty Python, uh, giving you scenarios of the future, but you couldn't do it, you can't satirize it today because we're beyond satire. We're way beyond satire, what we take for granted today. But a student from Wales, I guess it was a foreign student who had gone to Wales to study, uh, went to London uh, for, and for, for a little holiday, and his car packed in. It broke down uh, near the Houses of Parliament. So it says here, One poor tourist learned today you risk more than a fine when you park illegally on the city's streets. Anti-terrorist police evacuated Parliament Square and carried out a controlled explosion on Nima Husseini's Razi's dark blue Ford Mondeo after he abandoned it just yards from the House of Commons and Westminster Abbey. This is when Mr. Razi's car broke down in Storey's gate. He slipped a note on the dashboard explaining, This car is broken. I'm just waiting for the AA, that's the Automobile Association, to arrive. Please do, please do not fine. Thank you, yours sincerely. Well, that might have done okay in the times of the Raj, but not these days. And it says, He then decided to pay a visit to Buckingham Palace, just a five-minute stroll away. And um, it says... Um, when Mr. Razi, who was an MBA student at University of Wales, visiting London for 24 hours, returned from his sightseeing trip, he found swarms of police officers scouring the remains of his mangled car. They blew it up. Tad insult to injury, a traffic warden arrived in the scene and issued him a ticket for parking after being alerted by the police. So that's the, your big ha-ha. That's how Britain does all these stories, like ha-ha. Uh, that's your typical kind of story. I mean, that's madness. This is madness, you see. And they, they don't know who owned the car and all the rest of it because the, the instant ID checks in your place, etc., etc. And never mind all the cameras you're already on when you park, especially in places like that. So they just blow it up now, and then they hand you a, a parking ticket, and uh, and that's that. I'm surprised they didn't haul them in too and torture them. But uh, that's the way it goes. Now, Google... Amazon are leading the rush for the new web domain suffixes, it says here, in bids to ICANN. Amazon users are taking, uh, staking claims to large swaths of the Internet under a new system for labeling web domains, bolstering their ability to control traffic as the web expands beyond the realms of .com, .gov, and .org. The bids by those companies to acquire new domain names such as bookshop and movie renewed fears amongst competitors that a powerful few will dominate the Internet marketplace of the future. Well, they already do. A slate of roughly 2,000 new web suffixes, including app and sex, was revealed Wednesday by the non-profit organization TAST with regulating domain names, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, ICANN. It's basically two that just came out of nowhere by itself, like a non-profit organization that assigns you all your names and numbers for everybody across the world. The group announced last year that it would take applications for new domain names to foster growth and competition online. The new domains are scheduled to go into effect next year. So it's a new era of online innovation, said Rod Beckstrom, president of the group known as ICON, or ICANN. 
And I'll put this link up too. Now, another one too is the Rothschilds just opened one of their private banks in Texas, USA. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about Rothschilds and the Bank of England and, and all that stuff. It says, be more competitive and make more money. It's an ad put out by ENG Lending, which is a division of the Bank of England. And it says, an FDIC chartered bank. It says, expanding its mortgage operations in Texas. Our loan officers are providing uh, are provided a number of unique benefits. And they go through all the benefits for them because they want winners and all the rest of it. Tells you where they can, uh, they're opening up offices across other places too and lending to other states as well. So I'll put this link up for you to too to let you see how the old enemies at one point are now <laughs> well in there. They always were well in with the other banks that they have that are well known as well, actually, with different names. They've never actually been out of it, in fact. Now, the BBC it says this, that Brussels plans a European banking union from 2013 next year. That was the point of all this hyper stuff and to amalgamate all the laws under uh, the centralized uh, bureau in Brussels uh, and to give more power to Brussels and to allow again the IMF to come in and let's just start doing every country's books for them. I said that years ago and here it comes. That was create the crisis and here's the real solution for it all. Always the same tricks, isn't it? Brussels plans European Banking Union from 2013. And it says, uh, European Commission President Jose Manuel Barroso supports rapid implementation of the plan. And it says, a single regulator to oversee banks across all 27 European Union states, nations that is, could be in place as early as 2013. A controversial new bank bailout fund financed by a tax on financial institutions is also planned. And was, we're all in it together. One, one get, goes under, and the rest you bail them out. Just great for the banks. They never lose a darn thing now, you see. The proposal includes an EU-wide deposit guarantee scheme to protect savers in the event of a bank collapse. And the UK said it would not sign up to a full banking union, suggesting it should only be for Eurozone members. The BBC understands a timeline uh, table for the plan will be agreed at a European Council meeting on the 28th and 29th of June in Brussels. The Commission President Jose Manuel Barroso supports rapid implementation of the plan with initial provisions such as common bank supervision being introduced as January, early as January 2013. So, this is a, a Commission spokesman was keen to point out that talks between Barroso and the other presidents of the European Council, Eurogroup and European Central Bank were in the early stages at the moment, that is. So they want to, as I said a long time ago, want to come into the countries and take over all the fiscal agreements and arrangements and managing of all the so-called nation states involved. Exactly, exactly uh, what the Royal Institute of International Affairs wanted a long, long time ago when they set up the, the, the IMF and the World Bank and uh, uh, the Bank for International Settlements. It's all going exactly as they planned and outlined a hundred years ago. Isn't that something, eh? But they need all this crisis to make it happen.
And this article here, too, is to do with applications for your iPhones. It says uh, you can get iStockMe software. I guess if, you, if you're narcissistic and, and you like yourself so much, you can actually get uh, download software. I'll put links up tonight so you can actually stock yourself and, and find out where you've been all this time and uh, have, have fun with that if that's what turns you on. I think people get turned on with awfully strange things these days. But uh, uh, that's what they say, you know, everybody's got their own thing. This other application is uh, is going to be great for stalkers, though. It says, New Girls Around Me. New Girls Around Me iPhone app helps you stalk women. Girls Around Me scans for women who have checked in on Foursquare so we can find her and t- tell her you found her on the internet. And that's by Traver- Travis Andrews. I'll put this one up as well. Remember that came out before that Foursquare one where we're responsible for another application. This must be an updated version. It says the app is made by a Russian company called SMS Services. Uh, and it says there's a good chance the app may not be around too much longer since Foursquare has taken action against it. Must be cutting on their turf. You know how it's totally cool and normal and appropriate to just show up somewhere because you know there's a girl there at that very moment who you think is cute, even if she doesn't happen to know you exist. Or wait, I think that's called stalking, and it's the premise behind the new iPhone app, Girls Around Me. The creepiest app I've personally ever heard of. Girls Around Me scans for women who've checked in on Foursquare once it finds ladies who don't know you are a human being or that you even exist in the area. It offers you their Facebook profiles so you can have a whole lot to talk about when you show up uh, where she is because you saw her picture on the internet. It should be noted the only connection between the app's users and the women is that they both use the internet. Stanford Law Lecturer Elizabeth Stark says this would be a very difficult, difficult or different application if it didn't link back to Facebook, which is a treasure trove of information. Without link, this app could easily be a let's stock women application or vice versa for that matter because everyone's nuts. The app's made by a Russian company called the SMS Services and it says, um, Foursquare spokesman Laura Covington says that this is a violation of her API policy, so we've reached out to the developer and shut off their API access. Regardless, one can still buy the app from the iTunes store. As um, much backlash as the app has seen, it does point out that the inherent danger of posting your location on the Internet, information is information. Once it's in a public place, it can be used in whatever way people choose. Uh, and I guess that's true, you know, if they're actually choosing or getting prompted by their hidden masters. Uh, also tonight I'm putting up an article, it's, it's quite interesting actually, and it's by the Council on Foreign Relations, and um, it's to do with uh, with the US and, and Israel's kind of partnership. It's a kind of, uh, it's, it's a piece put out to sort of, of damage control, you might say, because so much going on right now. But what is this special, this special relationship that the U.S. has with Israel? And no one wants to say except, well, it's been there for a while, and it's it's nice, it's nice, and and all that and kind of fuzzy stuff, but nothing concrete. I mean, is it a treaty? What is it? So they come out with this piece. Uh, Brzezinski's on it, Kissinger's on it, I think, and they give their points of view, etc., and it's all a lovey-dovey stuff, why the U.S. should keep uh, floating and financing uh, Israel. Uh, and I still can't find anything concrete on it. 
Also, the abnormal returns from the common stock investments of, mes- of members of the U.S. House of Representatives. I'll put that once again because it's got quite interesting stuff about the House of Representatives and how they're using insider trading. And mind you, they passed a law recently to say that they could do that themselves, but it's not for the general public. They passed it because they're all getting caught at it. That's why they passed it. It's quite something. What a world we live in, eh? What a world. Now, this article is pretty good, too. It's to do with drones. Um, it says here, as the U.S. and its allies ponder what to do about Syria, one suggestion advanced by the protagonist of armed invention, intervention is used to use unmanned drones to attack Syrian government targets. The proposal is a measure of the extraordinary success of the White House, CIA, and Defense Department in selling the drone as a wonder weapon, despite all the evidence to the contrary. The attraction of the drone for President Obama and his administration five months before the presidential election is self-evident. The revelation that he personally selects targets from the top ranks of Al-Qaeda, which is nothing at all, it's a meaningless name, for assassination by remote control, shows the president as tough and unrelenting in destroying America's enemies. The program is popular at home because the cost appears to be large and uh, not to be large, and most importantly, there are no American casualties. The media uncritically buys into claims of the weapon's effectiveness, conveniently diverting voters' attention from the U.S.'s Army's failure to defeat any puny opponents in two vastly expensive campaigns in Iraq and Afghanistan. The Republicans cried foul, alleging that the administration is selectively leaking highly classified secrets to portray Obama as a man of decision, untroubled by liberal qualms in his defense of his country. And the White House expressed, they expressed themselves deeply shocked by such a claim of political opportunism. And last week, the U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder appointed two lawyers, or lawyers, she just said liars, to track down the leakers, though without giving them special powers to do so. Almost unquestioned in all this is the utility of the drone strikes and where they really are a wonder weapon uh, that they're claimed to be. After all, air forces have been overselling precision bombing as a way of winning wars on the cheap since Lord Trenchard ran the Royal Air Force in the 1920s. Politicians of all nations have been attracted uh, by new war-winning armaments or commando-type organizations. Examples include Churchill in the Second World War and President Kennedy, who favored the Green Beret special units and helicopter-borne forces in Vietnam. The media has traditionally gobbled up and publicized tales of magically effective arms or the the daring-do of elite detachments, often ignoring their lack of long-term military success. The most striking but underestimated feature of the drone strikes in the northwest frontier districts of Pakistan is that they could not take place without the cooperation of the Pakistani army and its all-powerful military intelligence branch, the ISI. Some government cooperation is essential in Yemen too, though less so than in Pakistan because of the weakness of the Yemeni state. The problem is that high-precision weapons still need drone-based intelligence to identify targets. In Pakistan, the ISI says privately that its agents provide the details without which the drones would not know whom to pursue and eliminate. The difficulty for those guiding the drones from command posts far away has not changed much since precision bombing in the Second World War or for or far more accurate missile strikes in Iraq in 91 and 2003. So in other words, it goes into the fact that there's more PR and, and nonsense Um, positive nonsense put out about it uh, for perception's sake, for the general public to think this is a magic weapon. And it isn't at all. It kills an awful lot of innocent people. 
as many articles have come out recently, uh, quite constantly is, uh, saying to us. But it doesn't really matter. Most folk don't care who's getting killed as long as it's not them. But what an awful world we live in when that's how people think, eh? Because that's how people really do think. Well, I'm not getting killed. Hasn't killed anybody I know. And the big eating machine of the world order is coming round to your doorsteps, mind you. And eventually they will be killing because uh, there's got, I've got articles here to do um, from the British papers about the American drones. There's over 60 bases already set up in the United States to deal with drones at this moment. They already have that set up within the U.S. and they're expanding at one awful speed. And soon we'll be known by the Pakistanis, we've known for years, that um, when your children start getting killed, and for those who still care about their own children, they'll be howling in the streets. And uh, now, this article here is quite good too. It says, uh, busted biotech leader uh, Syngenta, uh, that's biologically uh, GM corn, or GE corn as they call it, charged of recovering up animal deaths from GM corn. Well, they've always known it kills animals, including man. But it says, um, the leader Syngenta charged over covering up animals' deaths. They were covering up animal deaths from the, from the law, from GM corn, and they're eviting victory against genetically modified creations. A major biotech company known as Syngenta has been criminally charged for denying knowledge that its GMBT corn actually kills livestock. What's more is not only did the company deny this fact, but they did so in a civil court case that ended back in 2007. The charges were finally issued after a long legal struggle against the megacore initiated by a German farmer named Gottfried Glockner, whose dairy cattle died after eating the BT toxin and coming down with a mysterious illness. Grown on his own farm from 1997 to 2002, the cows in the farm were all being fed exclusively on Syngentia's BT-176 corn uh, by the year 2000. It was around this time that the mysterious illnesses began to emerge amongst the cattle population. Syngenta paid Glockner 40,000 euros in an effort to silence the farmer. However, a civil lawsuit was brought on, uh, upon the company. Amazingly, two cows ate genetically modified maize, which is now banned in Poland over the similar concerns, and died. So, I mean, the maize is killing them as well. During the civil lawsuit, however, Syngenta refused to admit that its GM corn was responsible. In fact, they went so far as to claim having no knowledge whatsoever of harm. The case was dismissed, and Glockner, the farmer who launched the suit, was left thousands of euros in debt. And that's not all. Glockner continued to lose many cows as a result of Syngenta's modified BT corn. After halting the use of GM feed in 2002, Glockner attempted to do a full investigation with the Robert Koch Institute and Syngenta involved. The data of this investigation is still unavailable to the public and only examined, and they only examined one cow during the whole trial. In 2009, however, Glockner teamed up with a German action group and it says, uh, and they ultimately brought Syngenta to the criminal court. Using the testimony of another farmer whose cows died after eating the product, Glockner and the team have charged a biotech giant for the death of over 65 cows, withholding knowledge of the death link and holding the competition uh, liable for not registering the cattle deaths. The team is even charging Hans Theo uh, Yaman, the, the German head of Syngenta, personally over the withholding of knowledge. So that's the first one to actually win, and I hope a whole lot come soon too. Remember, the people are getting this stuff too. Apart from that, it's getting into the cattle. It's a food chain. Then you eat it. No wonder folk are dropping dead all over the place with strokes and things.
And they really are, folks. When you talk to people who are in that business of harvesting organs, they'll tell you that's one of the biggest things I've got going. Young people dropping dead of strokes, not on drugs or anything else, and there's no inquiry as to why. It's a non-crisis. A few years ago, I mentioned about the, the big agenda. The big agenda, remember, too, was to destroy especially the systems of Britain and the U.S. and a few other countries. Uh, and certain people from certain organizations were brought in at the end of World War II, given uh, the full power by presidents and prime ministers to start destroying the culture in case it ever went fascist. That was the excuse it was given. And primarily to the Labour Party, this was entrusted. I mentioned this article a few years ago. It's, it was talking about Tony Blair and Jack Straw, who came out eventually. They were found out that, that they opened the doors wide to uh, immigration and actually said in other articles, which I have here, I might put up tonight too, uh, that um, their plan was to destroy the British culture so much and so devastatingly they couldn't ever uh, come back to what it was. It would be finished forever. So this article is back and, and it says, uh, Dishonest Blair and Straw are accused of a secret plan for a multicultural UK. Now they achieved their plan and, and, and it's, it's done. Britain's done as far as that, as that goes. So this is from Friday the 15th, 2012. Uh, June the 15th, that's for tomorrow. This is their paper just came out sort of thing. But uh, what I'm saying is uh, it first came out in 2009 with a similar article. And I remember one is the right-hand man of Tony Blair came out and said, he, uh, mentioned it too. And he says he was ordered to do this to destroy the culture of the country once and for all. That was the whole purpose of it. I'll put this link up for those who want to, to read it and uh, save it too, because these, these kind of articles are just disappearing. They don't last long, they disappear and never be seen again. And you can tell people down the road what happened, let you try and tell them history, but if you have no evidence to show them, they won't believe you. They simply won't believe you, folks. Now, here's the music coming in, and I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. And just to finish off, I'll go back to this drone thing because it says U.S. military opposite, uh, operates 66 bases for an unmanned drone aircraft on American soil. That's a military, right? There's more with the cops too. And has 22 more planned across the country. This is a new map released by Public Intelligence, a non-profit group dedicated to publishing uh, public government data, reveals the ever-growing footprint of the Department of Defense's newest weapon. The bases span the entire country. 33 states either have a base already or are slated to have one pretty soon. The existence of a base doesn't necessarily mean drones are stationed there, but Wired magazine reports some bases are remote cockpits where soldiers fly the unmanned craft in the skies over Yemen and Afghanistan. Well, they know where they are already. They've been out for years. Others are training facilities for prospective drone pilots. Others serve as depots where servicemen analyze data. Uh, the remote control spy planes bring back. Uh, the base is mostly how, how the smaller drones like the RQ-7 Shadow, RQ-11 Raven, and the Wasp-3, which is a wingspan of less than two and a half feet. Six of the bases are home to the larger Predator and Reaper drove, which can carry missiles. 
public intelligence cobbled together its map of military bases from a host of public documents, including a 2011 U.S. Air Force presentation on the subject. Despite how extensive the list is, it might not even be complete, the group's Michael Haynes told Wired. It's very likely there are more domestic drone activities not included in the map, but is designed to provide an approximate overview of the widespread nature of Department of Defense activities throughout the United States. The list also doesn't include any domestic agencies that are using drones. That's true, there's so many agencies now, eh? They're all falling over into each other's territories and, and having little wars amongst themselves as well for power. This is in April that the Electronic Frontier Foundation, another advocacy group, uh, released a list of universities, local police departments, and federal departments that have received permits to fly drones in the United States. The military is prohibited from using the drones to spy on Americans in the U.S. However, wide reports that if the Air Force accidentally records Americans while spy drones are making training flights, it can keep the surveillance footage for up to 90 days and use it as intelligence data. So yes, they can spy on you. And that's just the military branch of it, too. So we're living in what was once pushed out as sci-fi, science fiction. Science fiction actually prepared you for all of this. You saw this kind of future uh, with a small elite, uh, with all the black-clad uniformed troops, the kind of Star Wars-type troops that would be uh, keeping people living in rubble and always attacking them and, and so on. That's a common, common theme out of countless science fiction novels and movies. And here we are. It's coming down the pike. You're not quite in the rubble yet. Some folk are actually. They've they've lost everything or they've been plundered by the banks. But uh, there's more rubble to come, obviously. And there's more crashes to come. You understand, you're not going to go back to the way things were. I hope you really understand that. And I've talked to so many people who have had nervous breakdowns over that concept. They can't let go of some 1970s or 1980s or even 90s version of how America used to be uh, before the bank crashes demolished everyone. And remember, the agenda is not to go back there anyway because we're now to go into the age of austerity. Austerity means every penny that you should spend on little things that kept you happy gave you some kind of worth after slogging a month in a, a plant or a factory or whatever you did. You rewarded yourself. Well, you can't be able, you won't be able to do that shortly because it must go back in energy taxes and all the rest of it. Tonight I'm also putting up one from Australia, a video on the, 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 the laws, the gag laws now that you can't say certain things on television. You're forbidden to speak on certain things. I'll put that up tonight. Very interesting talk on this video. From Hamish and from Ansel, from, a, from Canada, Ontario, Canada, it's good night, may your God or your gods go with you.